Welcome to Giving Head, the podcast. Wondering what head stands for? What H is for happiness, E for empowerment, and D for development. This is the podcast that will discuss topics from the 40-year-old perspective. This is where we will help to navigate you through this new chapter of your life. I'm your host, Sherry, and my co-host is named Kim. To join this community, push the subscribe button to get all the latest head episodes. And to help our head message grow, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment as well. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Giving Head. H-E-D. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to Giving Head the Podcast. I am so excited about this next guest who I have known since primary school. This interview was awesome. Kim and I got to sit down and have a very open and transparent conversation with none other than Miss Petrina O'Connor, painter, aka Power Girl. And she is such a beautiful soul inside and out. She is the managing director of the youth mentoring program, Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Bermuda. She is also an award-winning media personality who has hosted her own radio show and numerous television programs in Bermuda. In 2016, she was named the most fascinating person in Bermuda. And in 2017, she was awarded the Queen's Certificate and Badge of Honor for her work in the community. She was also nominated as one of Bermuda's most influential mothers by Bermuda Parent Magazine. And Petrina is a social media influencer who ranked among the top social media influencers for Bermuda. She is a motivational speaker, a philanthropist, and has given back in so many numerous ways with numerous causes, but her main focus is making a difference in the lives of youth in Bermuda. She is happily married to her high school sweetheart, and they have one son. We get very open, candid, and personal in this interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Katrina, welcome to Giving Half the podcast, the podcast that is all about happiness, empowerment, and development, especially for people who are in their mature years. Mature? <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm in the wrong right now. I'm a millennial. I'm, 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 I'm claiming the mature. I'm just checking. <laughs> I'm we have to claim it, but we also know that you look like you're a millennial. Like, let's be easy, real. Easy, watching it. Easy, yes. easy, easy. So, yes, and it's all about helping others to find yeah. their happiness and empowerment and development in this new chapter of their life. And we both thought that you would be one of those perfect people in my view, to provide some of that great testimony to help others to find that happiness, empowerment, wow. development. Yeah. In addition to, if you haven't completely found it, I know you're on the journey too. I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. Yes. And if you haven't, you know, you're on your way to it and what you can share with our audience to help them through that process. Okay. So I'm going to start off with you, because I already knew, <laughs> giving us a little bit of your background and how you grew up and your childhood. Oh, my goodness. You will be taking me back. You know, Marty and have mature era. I can't remember. No, stupid. No, but seriously, what, how far you want me to go back? Just give us a sprinkle of it all. So basically, growing up, you know, I was raised by my mom, primarily. Mm-hmm. 
my dad, he was a part of my life when I was probably in primary school area, but then he actually was in and out of my life. Okay. A lot of people don't realize that actually from that, I actually have brothers, outside brother, outside sister. Okay. Single parent lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Right now, I've had a lot of healing with reference to my dad. So me and my dad are cool now, you know what I mean? But my dad was really, really hard growing up. My mom was really deep in the church. She relied on God for for everything. But during that time, it was a period of me trying to find myself. Because in primary school, it's like I really didn't fit in it. I'll start there. You know, my mom discovered that I could sing at eight years old. So then she got me on the stage with her. And then from there... I was singing at gospel concerts. I was singing all over the place and everybody knew us as Patty and Petrina O'Connor. But what happened with that is that young people had the perception that I thought I was better than everybody else and that I thought I was perfect. When in fact, it was far from the truth because I was a hurting young person. I was craving my daddy and craving for my parents to be together, which you see a lot of children in, in our society feeling right now. During that period, it was tough. I went to Gilbert Institute. Yes, Gilbert. You know, some people liked me and some people didn't. And the ones that didn't like me were the ones that actually resonated. I really felt alone during that period. Mm. Adults wanted their children to be friends with me because this is the little girl that sings and she's a good Christian girl and she's a good role model. And the children were like, she can't even sing. I don't know who she thinks she is. Oh, she thinks she's pretty. And the funny part about it is that my mama didn't have a whole lot of money back then. So I didn't have the latest, greatest. So sometimes I didn't necessarily dress in the latest styles. Um, I didn't always look, you know, like everybody else, <laughs> you know, like right. style from somebody else two years later and everybody's like, oh, no, that's not in style anymore. So I dealt with that a lot. And then the other thing was, is that my talents, they started to really like get me places, right? So I would get in school plays and I would get, opportunities to do different things and people looked at that and they hated me even more so it's like I just sat there and I'm like trying to fit in trying to but it just wasn't working out for me so I went through like a period of depression um age like where it was kind of like I just felt alone and even though I had friends like I had people but it's like I just didn't feel like I fit in like I just didn't fit in and then high school now bear in mind you know what Gilbert Institute was like we, yes. We are the world, multicultural. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I went that to Barclay, which is a predominantly black school. So the way that I spoke, people were like, oh, you sound like a white girl. Or oh, you, you, you know what I mean? Like it was like I spoke very proper. My dress was a little bit different. But the funny part about it is, and, and Sherry, you know this, but I lived back a time 47. Right, right. <laughs> so I was in the hood and everybody in the hood and I was hanging out with all the crew. Like people don't know I got a little ghetto in me. Like some of the people will tell you like, that you don't know Katrina. You think you know Katrina, but you don't know Katrina. So it was like, I was so confused because it was like, I just didn't fit in anywhere. Like in my hood I did. But when I went to school at Gilbert, I didn't fit in that broad. And then I went to Boston. I'm like, okay, cool, you know? And it was like, hmm. Which is, again, interesting. And I tell Petrina all the time, I went to Gilbert Institute. I think I was maybe a year or two ahead. And I thought she was... No, I think you were like five years ahead. No, I'm joking. Really? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I was a big child. I was one of those people who's like, she can sing. And I think because I always thought and wanted to sing. And I used to be like, sing something. So it's interesting, everyone's um, perception or 
their view of what it is that they go through through years. I didn't want to sing for people because it was like, if you sing, that brings attention to yourself. Right. And there you are with that. And I was like bullied. So it's just so interesting. You never know what people go through. Exactly. And I would have thought, too, you go into Barclay, as you say it, because Gilbert and Sue is very multicultural. And Barclay is like the first Black skilled, I mean, like power to the people that you would fit in amongst that. So it's interesting to hear that. Tell us more about Barclay, because I know you met the love of your life there as well. (laughs) So the funny part is, this is the other part people don't realize about me. So in my third year at Barclay, I think I probably had had enough. It was like, you know what? Like, I'm really tired of not fitting in and being this goody two shoes and singing with my mom and people feeling this way about me. Because the teachers love me. They loved me back then. Like, oh, she's such a good child. And <laughs> any girls, you know, my friends, don't get me wrong, you had people, but it was more of me really not fitting in and like just feeling like, but then I, so at Barclay, I decided I was going to hike my thought I was going to be cute and hanging out, sneaking out, doing all that fun stuff. You know how you do? <laughs> yeah. I fit in. I even got a little bit of a potty mouth here and there, you know, just really trying to just be like, what's up? Like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm, I'm all right. Like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I got to hang out with you guys. Let's kick it. You know, going to Clay House, going to, you know, and don't get me wrong. I had a good time there. Let's <laughs> say that. You know, it was all bad, but I did a lot of stuff that wasn't characteristically me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like some of those other people. I mean, the other thing, I was always really, really skinny. I had no boobs. I had no butt. I had no hips. So some people called me chicken wing. Some people tell me I look like this lady that um, had died that had AIDS. I don't want to say mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, oh, you look like such and such. And I'm telling you, one day I came to school and I had on this outfit that I, I thought looked cute. But people were actually like literally laughing and joking about what I had. I'll never forget that. And I went in the bathroom and I just, I just cried. I'm like, you know. But anyway, I ended up staying back in my dark year. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do no schoolwork. But the grades that I stayed back with then, I probably would have passed. No, I'm just no. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I ended up staying back. And... I remember telling my mama, like, mama, like, listen, I, I ain't going back Barclay um, the next semester. You know, I'm not going back. And she was like, oh, yeah, you are. Now, if you remember, like, back in the day, if you stayed back, people were sitting there waiting to see which way you back. Are you going to fourth year? Or are you going back to your third year? And I was one of those people. And it was, oh. and I, the funny part is I stayed back into my husband's class. So <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he kind of worked out when I look back now. And being in his class, it was the craziest thing because I wasn't interested in him at all. It was just like, he gravitated to him and I knew him from like summer day camp and stuff. And he was just like, he would come and sit next to me and we just sit off and talk and talk and joke and stuff. And not thinking that he liked me, you know, I'm just like, you know, but come to find out, like, I must have been going to go out somewhere with some other guy and he stopped speaking to me. So when he stopped to me, I'm like, and his sister was like, no, we were at Frizzles Hill Block Party. His sister, don't you know he likes you? And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm at the block party, and I'm like, I heard you like me. He's like, I don't like you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I heard you like me. So I was like, oh, I went and danced with somebody else, and then he got mad again. 
And then we went to my friend Shanice Fox's. You remember his and hers? Yes. Shanice Fox had a birthday party at Dandy Time. And I'll remember this because my husband used to kind of DJ in this song, right? <laughs> he was setting up the speakers and doing the box up. And, and I, I came and he was going to leave because he hadn't gotten dressed up. He was just wearing his little white feet and sweatpants. And I was like, no, 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 just stay. And I'll never forget, he danced with me and he kissed me. And that was but then I ended up with you know and the thing with him is is that he liked me because of who I was like he liked me for who I was like it was like why are you trying to be like them for it was just like be who you are be who you are and like yeah yeah you're wicked you're cool girl like yeah yeah like don't worry about them give me a damn they're not meant to be your friends anyway they don't like you right to be honest with you I mean I know I don't want any girl to sit there and be like, oh, I got my self-esteem from a man. No, it was the words that he said to me. Like, I'm okay. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and after that, I started to kind of reevaluate things. And I was like, after that, I became president of the Leo club, president of the student council. I started to just be like, they're not going to like me anyway, right? No matter what I do, they're not going to like me. If I sing good, they're not going to like me. If I can't sing, they're not going to like me. If I'm ugly, they're not going to like me. If I'm cute, they're not going to like me. Doesn't matter what I were, it's mm-hmm. gonna be somebody out there that just ain't gonna feel you, and that's okay. But I also found that I was letting people have power over me, and a lot of times, yes. other women, we allow people to have power over us. But what mad and angry and that's, the other person is living their life, and we're the ones that are miserable, we're the ones who are the to stuff. So those it's been those type of lessons for me that have helped me to move forward. So that's kind of like the beginning part of it you know to write mm-hmm. to actually explore myself and really start to understand who I am but it's been a journey though I mean the funny part about it is and I think Sherry I talked to you this be- about this before a lot of people will be like oh I've overcome this and I've done this and I'm better now and then five weeks later you see them posting about the same thing or right you see, and you're like but you just said you were healed of it and I'll tell you what happens it's Life is a journey and you go through, you get through and you grow. But sometimes some of those demons do come back in your head. They come back and they haunt you a bit. And sometimes it's a matter of how do you handle it when it comes back this time? Yes. Is it that you say, you know what? I accept that that's a part of my journey. I accept that I have those thoughts, but I'm not going to feed into it. So I think that in certain phases of my life, it's been a matter of, yeah, I get insecure. Yeah, sometimes I enter a room and feel whatever, but am I going to feed into that? And I, right. and I, like, Shari, for me, the thing with me has always been women. Like, I, you, mm-hmm. a lot of people have these girlfriends and these big $50 million and click of girls that they hang with and stuff. I've never been that person. I've always had like, maybe two or three people that I hold close to my heart because I've been hurt a lot of times from other women. So I mean, mm-hmm. I say this a lot, and but it's the truth. This is what happened to me. And it caused me to kind of be like, all right, you're going on a girl's trip. That's nice. Or it's caused it to be where people will invite me to go places and do things. And I'm like, well, who's coming? Uh, how many girls? Yeah, I might come and then just not show up. Right. So, one friend, my friend Panya, she's gonna be mad because I mentioned her. <laughs> friends, like Panya has girl groups and she has 
all of that. And she knows, like, don't invite me to some of that stuff because I just don't feel comfortable. It's funny. Well, Katrina, let me introduce you to your other friend over here, Kim, who has the same, has kind of the same. Yeah. And it's been hard, Kim. And let me tell you, because they start talking about the women's empowerment stuff and all of that, I started to feel really guilty because it's like, I'm like, and here it is. I'm kind of like, oh, because I'm, I feel nervous to bring my soul to someone. And then you see these, these events and you're like, wow, like I want that, but I'm afraid to get that. Mm-hmm. You were going to say something, Kim. Well, I was just going to say, I do feel like sometimes it's nothing wrong with having a small group of friends. And like Sherry pointed out, that is me. I have a small circle, but that's what I was raised into. My parents didn't have a huge circle of friends around them either. My mom didn't have the girlfriends. My mom didn't go shopping on the weekends with friends and things like that. So I saw that growing up and I kind of mimicked that. And I do have my pockets of friends, like you said, but yeah, there are times where I'm okay with just one or two people and it's a journey and you do have to get over that and learn to appreciate where you are and, and this that is growth. Thing that's been happening to me so over the period of covid you know i was still kind of like where i started reaching out to other other females and you know trying to you know put myself out there but during covid i connected with this one young lady named leah dean and she is absolutely phenomenal and it just started with her just kind of checking in on me you know yeah. Over, just checking in. Hey, how you doing? And and then all of a sudden, she was like, you know, I have this women's group that we do like a Bible study. Would you be interested in doing, you know, being a part of it? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> this actually happened before COVID, right? So I was like, hmm, okay, maybe. And something just said, Katrina, you got to do this. Like, go mm. be a part of it. So I went. And I was so, like, honestly, palms were sweaty. I was nervous. But I went, and it was a wonderful experience of women of different ages and just connection and getting into the word. And it was just a really good experience for me. So from there, COVID kicked in, and she's doing Zoom meetings and, and stuff with women. And I wanted to be a part of it. And then I started awesome. with some of the other women. And then I watched as my, my network begin to grow like as far as like women just checking on me or me just checking on them or sending a message here or there and empowering each other and I was like go me this is not (laughs) (laughs) well I think too I think coming from a small place it is hard and Kim's actually her family as, as to why it's probably like that as well her parents are from Trinidad and so but Kim's the first American, American born. born. Yeah. Right, right. But I think coming from small island thoughts as well as that we don't want people to know our business. Right. Things. As I've said to Kim, when I've said to people before, you interacting with other people doesn't mean that they need to know your nitty gritty. You know right. what I mean? Right. And if you understand that part, yeah. That was one of the things that Leah was talking to me about. She was like, you know, not everybody is supposed to be in your full space, but you can let people lean to your, you know, right, to that 
what am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And, uh, the outer, the outer you. Yeah. That yeah. part of you, but not necessarily the inner part of you, that intimate part of you that and you everybody actually, doesn't get to know about that. Right. Yeah. And there are people that you'll meet that are there for a season. There are some that are going to be there for a lifetime. There are some that are going to get right into that inner circle and you're going to confide in them. And there are some people that you're going to be like, okay, well, you know, we can go to dinner, but you ain't coming to my house. I'm just saying, you right. know, so, so it's okay. And that's okay. And I didn't, okay. I didn't realize like, that's okay. If that you don't have to come to my house. Kim and I have known each other 16 years. Kim At probably least. knows everything about me <laughs> and I'm still learning stuff about her, but that's just me. You know what I mean? Right. I'm very open like that. She would say something very like, mysterious I'm like mm -mm, mm -mm. like what do you mean by that like you know what I mean or how come you didn't call and tell me that and it's just not her makeup she's and like I said we've been friends for 16 years and friends and, right. and she still is letting me feel in after 16 years but I'm okay with that it doesn't make me feel any better if she picked up the phone and said oh yeah I went to you know the Bahamas last week I'm like what why you didn't tell me? So I'm like, oh, well, you know, you didn't need really to know. Like, but that's just wow. how she moves. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't take it personal because I know who she is. But I also right. know that in the midst of my whole COVID or anything, I called her and said, Kim, and she didn't even hear the Rossity messages. What happened? Where I need to be? What's going on? What's going on? That's it right there. That's understanding. Right. That understanding and that connection, because even the other day, and I kid you not, Sherry, you <laughs> saw the text message. I was getting ready to do something in a second. Sherry hit my mind and I said, something's not right. I feel her energy. Right. Bermuda and I'm in Atlanta. And I did. I just sent her a simple message. Hey, I'm thinking of you. I'm feeling your energy. Take a deep breath. Maintain your head, your happiness, empowerment and development. And you'll be fine. And she responded back, you know me so well. And we didn't mm -hmm. talk that day at all. We mm -hmm. didn't talk that day at all. Yeah. But, understand, but it's like you get that connection, right? Yeah. And that understanding of, of knowing that person and where that person's at and not taking stuff personal because sometimes we take things personal. Right. That the other person is taking it personal. And sometimes we cause problems that aren't even really there. You know, yeah. And I, I say that we create these stories. We create yeah. these stories that we believe or come up with. And the reality is, it's just that it's a story. The reality is I had a thought of my friend. I acted on that by reaching out to my friend and she reached back and she responded. Oh, that is yeah. the story. Nothing yeah. else and not, oh, something <laughs> happened, and, you know, but right. that. And I think that we have to learn to get out of our head and those mm -hmm. stories. And I think that that's been the biggest thing for me. It's yeah. getting out of my head. You know, and like I said, there's a scars and things from the past that still come back. But how do I deal with that? How are you dealing with that now and some of that? Like what's some of the ways that... So no, I'm not, I'm not afraid to let people in. Okay. Maybe I would have been in, but, you know, to have connections. To give out my number and say, hey, so now I'm even reaching out to people. And I feel that God has me in a different season. He's like, okay, Katrina, you thought your work was this. You thought you were meant to do this. But 
this is the new season, like reference to radio. It was a new season. Like I felt like, you know what? I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's time for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to not be afraid to let go of the one thing that sometimes we think is for us because sometimes God has something bigger and better for us. You know, comfort zone. We have to step out of our comfort zone. And a lot of times we stay, stay in that comfort zone. Just and that. even with the radio, you know, Patrina and I knew each other from primary school. And we went on with life in different areas. And then when I came into the radio, she was the first person I reached out to because I had no radio experience. <laughs> so, yeah. So I looked at her as a mentor in that. And I remember calling her. I was like, I don't even know if I saw you. It's like, hey, here's my number. And stuff, and I was like, okay, Katrina, this is what's going on. This is what the accent. This is what this. Like, how do I do this? And that was just uh, the start of our conversations, even into more. And it was wonderful because that, like you say, it was that season and that part that you were supposed to give me. I was supposed and to that, get you that. You know what's funny, and I think that that's the other part. I think where I started to have feel like feel kind of to myself was because when I first came back from school. I went into broadcasting and there were people that were respected in the community or people that I thought that I could just go to and be like, hey, I'm trying to do this and I want to know how you did this or what do you think about this? And then I got shut down to where it was kind of like they looked at me like, I, you know, and I don't want to say threat. I don't want to say that because I don't know what they were feeling there. Maybe they were going through something at that time, but it was where I wanted people to reach out and help me. And it was just like, you know, other females to kind of mentor me and guide me. Um, Now, there were some women that ended up stepping to the plate and really being advocates for me, like Gina Spence and, and Sherry J and a few others. But initially it was just like, oh my gosh, like all I'm trying to do is like, I admire you. Like, I think you are just like amazing. I've watched you. I've, and it was just like, psh- you know, yeah, figure it out. Now for me, it's like whenever I can help somebody else, like I want to be there. I want to be able to ask whatever question to him. I want to let you know what I went through. I want to share stories. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we have to be able to pass it on to that next generation. We have to be able to do that because if we don't, and here in Bermuda, it was a, it still is a male-dominated industry, yeah. and so even with that, you know, giving me feedback on you know, different experiences that you've had in that community was also mm-hmm. awesome because it helped me be able to move differently than mm-hmm. in the sense. So, I, and I know we're going all around too, but- I know, because this is when you talk to me, I'm all over the place, I'm sorry. I, I told you, this is going to be problematic because Katrina <laughs> just- <laughs> But the love of your life, your husband, how has that, you know, we talk about career and personal transitions. How has that transition been from high school now to mature years? Because if you look the same, like you're still in high school, jealous. Yes, I got it. (laughs) I would tell people that marriage is definitely a journey. Yeah. You know, it's like you hear people and they're like, you know, on that wedding day, they wear that beautiful dress and have 16,000 bridesmaids and groomsmen and pay millions of dollars. We didn't. We got married on a cruise. So it was right. But all I'm saying is, is that people have this whole perception of what marriage should be. And it's work. Mm-hmm. Easy. 
I'm not trying to, I'm not selling that. Hey, marriage rocks. You have to put in the work. You have to fight for what's yours. You have, and you both have to want to fight for it. He's irritates you. You're going to irritate him. There are going to be days where you wake up and you look at him and you're like looking at the pillow and you're like, no, I'm just teasing. Let's be real. Like it's days when yeah. you wake up and you're like, every day is not a bubblegum rose. And that's the thing. I think we give up so easily on things. I don't know what the future holds. So I don't want to say oh, we're just a perfect couple, but it's taken time. I mean, we went through transitions of us graduating and coming back and having a son and then careers, you know, he's in education. Me, I'm all over the place in every single thing you possibly could think of. <laughs> this is the other thing is that like, he's more of the settled person. He's going to be in his career choice forever. Mm-hmm. who he is. He's going to be in education. That's what he's going to do. That's what he loves. Whereas me, my personality type is, I'm trying to explain myself and I can't even explain myself, but I like to try new things. Yeah. I, I consider myself somebody that is innovative at times mm-hmm. and I can't keep still for two seconds. And I want to do something that makes a difference. Sounds like you're an explorer and you're you're willing to explore and tap into just everything that is made up of who you are. And as we get older, we grow into that. We grow and glow into that. And you're glowing. I see the glow. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that word of explore because I almost was going to put you in the category of Gemini, which is me, but I know that your birthday is in February. I'm Aquarius. She's an Aquarius. Aquarius is, they yeah. like to explore. They explore. Yes, they yeah. do. Yes, they do. So he lets me be who I am. Mm. I mean, you've seen some of the crazy stuff that I've done. It's just beautiful to see that relationship because, as it, you know, Petrita's all her and his just like, hey, you know, but you know a smile he, and he goes along and he supports, you know. What and I see, mean? And the thing that you don't probably, well, you probably do know this, I don't know how to relax. Everybody thinks that I talk a lot and that I'm always running my mouth. No, I just can't keep still. Like my husband talks more at him than I do. I just okay. talk and I have a mic in my hand. Mm-hmm. Or in discussions. But when it comes to my home, like my husband has had to teach me how to have a a chill pill. Mm. I'll this with you ladies. During COVID, like during sheltering in place, that was a bad time for me. I'm going to just tell you, like, it was so hard to just be stuck. And for them to say, you can't go but half a mile away from your house. Mm -hmm. You just want to come home and relax. But it's another thing when somebody tells you you can't move anywhere. For someone with my personality, I'm telling you, I was having shakes. I had anxiety to uh, 10, to yeah. the point of heart palpitations, to the part that, like, I literally was like, I wouldn't say losing my mind because that's to the extreme. I suffered with anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. So this was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I can't. You were very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Couldn't breathe. Couldn't, you know, like, mm. it was really, really a hard point for me. And it's funny because over the years, I kind of discovered that I do suffer with anxiety. Um, mm. That was a hard, you know, hard pill to swallow. Um, right. Because you start seeing mind manifest in my body to where, like, I'll have aches and pains or I'll feel like I can't breathe 
or pains in my chest that feel like I'm having a heart attack break out in hives. I mean, I've seen it all. And then over a period of testing and doctor's visits and stuff, it was like, you're suffering with anxiety. Wow. And the problem with me also is that I take on other people's problems because I'm one person that people talk to a lot and confide in. And it's like, I literally feel like I'm carrying their burden. And I, right. so talking about my husband with him, he's the one that's like, let's go forward. Let's go for mm. it. Sounds like he knows you early on in this relationship mm-hmm. too, because earlier you had mentioned how when you were in high school and he was saying how, you know, to just embrace who you are and to relax and just to be who you are. And I thought that that was so powerful for him to say, yeah. even at such a young age, that he yeah. was able to recognize that within himself and then also within his queen to say, it is okay. Just be mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. And even now, many years later, to see and to know you most intimately than anybody does. Yeah. And to be able to even help you during this time as well to say, yep. just relax. Let's take a walk and different things like that. And for you to even allow yourself to be vulnerable for him to comfort you in that mm-hmm. moment. Trust him. I've had to just trust him because it's like, you know, when you're going through that journey, it's hard. It is hard to deal with anxiety. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Yeah. But it also made me realize, like, a lot of times I take on a lot. I'm the managing director of Big Brothers Big Sisters, which takes a lot. I'm involved in so many other projects. I'm also power girl, emceeing, hosting events, planning events. And what I find is because I love to be busy, sometimes I overdo it and over extend yourself yeah and I've had to learn to say no because saying no sometimes was hard just more anxiety as well saying no because then you get back to your past of like well, nothing like me I'm this I'm that and all of these kind of things so it's just a really mind game yeah it is a mind game you know I mean I remember one time I had a lady I couldn't host her event so I think it was for school and she was like well she said excuse me can I have a conversation with you she was like oh, well, you tell my daughter you can't host our event. And I was like, oh, oh, I did? I said, well, when was the event? She was like, yeah, I told it's probably because you didn't go to that school and because you're more affiliated with Barclay. And I was like, huh? And I said, well, ma'am, I host a lot of stuff for your child's school. I said, so that definitely was an issue. But what was the date? Come to find out I already had something. But it was like that people are hard. Like, I'm like, oh, you're coming up on me like I have to do your event. Yeah. Like people don't understand, like when you put yourself out there publicly, it's a lot of pressure on you. And people are always, they feel like they can say anything to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They feel like they can do it. Like, it's, it's, I don't know. They feel like perhaps they own a piece of you. Like right. you're supposed to do this. And not that I'm a celebrity by far. Neither am I. <laughs> and neither am I, but I do understand from being on the radio, people would just come up to you and say everything. Well, I'm like, okay, wow. And you're a human being and you have feelings. You have a family. You have a headache. You know, your neck hurts. Your back hurts. You're human. You may not yeah. be able to do everything at one time. And, yeah. and unfortunately, human beings, we are selfish beings. And mm-hmm. it's but not you know about what? us. Running mass is not too bad sometimes because nobody... <laughs> Like, sometimes people don't know who you are. So that's why I just keep going. Like, I'm just 
I know who you are. <laughs> but speaking of human beings, you created one, you and your husband. Talk to me about how motherhood then added a different transition or a different layer into some of your Mother- happiness, empowerment, development. So motherhood changed me a lot because motherhood makes you lose some of your selfishness. It's not mm-hmm. you. It's about this other human being, you know, that you created. I have to tell you that I definitely was in motherhood material. I was not the one that was going to babysit your baby. Because I feel when they can walk, talk, and fight themselves. But the little smallest, <laughs> I couldn't, you know what I mean? It was just like, yes. what am I going to do with this baby? And it was definitely a maturity thing for me. Mm. He is so amazing. And he has been through so much. Um, mm-hmm. 15, he was diagnosed with Wolf Parkinson's white syndrome. Which is something that you see a lot of football players have, like, or like athletes. It's where we play in and then they just drop. And he was 15 and he was playing football on his birthday. And I was supposed to be at a Big Brothers Big Sisters event. And I just went to his football game. Something was like a train to be late to your event and go to his game. And I looked at my son not being able to breathe across the field. And this wasn't the first time that it happened, but the doctors at first were saying that. Oh, he was dehydrated. Oh, he was whatever. But this one day, he could not catch his breath. My husband, who happened to be there, we, we raced him to the hospital. And he's like, okay, so I'm thinking it's asthma. Here's the asthma pump. Here's, we get there and the doctor tells me, oh, your son's not going to be up for football again. I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, it looks like he has Wolf Parkinson's white syndrome. I'm like, what in the world is that? And they're like, oh, it's to do with his heart. So I'm like, oh, it's hard. what do you mean? <laughs> Another doctor came in because the first doctor wasn't really nice, right? Mm-hmm. We won't go there. So another doctor came and said, ma'am, don't worry. This is something that's common. There was a procedure that your son's going to can get done. We're going to put you on to a cardiologist and we're going to allow you to have this conversation with him. Come to find out that we had to go to John Hopkins. Because I told you, Jaquari, I was like, well, Jaquari, is either you have medication for the rest of your life or you get this procedure. Mm. Heart, like your heart is like, that's your ticker. That's like, like yeah. you no clue. I pray it so hard. I'm like, God, like, why? Like, why? like, this is my baby. What? Like, it was so hard. And to fly to Baltimore to know that they had to enter into one of his veins and go into, go up his leg, one of his major arteries, into his leg and go all the way up and zap his heart. Mm. Then they sit you in the room and they tell you the risks. They tell you the risks of what could happen if it goes wrong. Then they have to say it in front of here. Like, really? Right. So we go there and we do the procedure. It's going to be four hours. After four hours, the doctor did come out and he was like, we did one side and everything's fine. Um, we're just going to check things again and blah, blah, blah. They go back in. Two more hours go course. What in heaven's name is that? Yeah. They come back and tell me that it was on the left side and the right side. When they when they did the right side, they noticed the left. Then they left side. But when they did the left side, the right reignited itself. Mm. They said, my son's an anomaly. They don't even understand how that's even possible. Yeah. What they had to do. And then, you know, obviously we had to take them back to the hotel and deal with whatever. Because believe it or not, they allowed us to leave. Interesting. Yes. Surprising, because he was under for so long. Because they put him in a twilight mood. Mm. 
it's a long explanation. Too. Okay, yeah. So yeah. one day we're going to have to have a conversation offline, but <laughs> right. So he just had to elevate his leg and make sure that he's okay and make sure right. during that period, it really increased my faith. It really mm. faith a lot because just imagine if he was out playing football and I wasn't there or just imagine if he just dropped, I would not have my son. Fast forward to 2017. I'm not really going to share full details of anything, but as most right. people knew, my son, he had something else really serious happened to him mm-hmm. and I lost him. And if it wasn't for his procedure that he had in 2015, he wouldn't have made it through in 2017. Wow. Wow. And one day, like I said, I would have the conversation about 2017, but the 2017 one is his story, not really my story to share. Um, Gotcha. But it's definitely been where my life has been like a lifetime movie back-to-back experiences, back-to-back events. Then fast forward to 2019, January, I was attacked by my own dog. My son had just left to go back to school and I was in my kitchen. My husband was outside. My husband had a speaker in my kitchen and I leaned on it. It's mm-hmm. a dog. As it fell on the dog, I fell back and then I kicked it off. And as that happened, the dog lost his mind. Oh my God. And the dog basically attached itself to my foot. And I tried to get my foot out of his mouth. I fought, I fought. I'm a little small, something, right? And I tried. They tell you when something like that happens, you're not supposed to like scream and you're not supposed to yell out. So I'm calling my husband, but he couldn't hear me, you know, because I knew it could be worse. It all came for your neck. I mean, it's something that you really have to think about in that process of, of emergency. But anyway, I ended up with a partially amputated finger. My hand had to be reattached. Um, my thumb and my index finger or my right hand were hanging off. Um, I have scars. I've been a person all my life that's never had a scar a day in my life. And all of a sudden, I have all of these scars on my arms and my hand. But I, that, I nearly like lost my life, you know. I remember feeling my body going cold and then finally my husband, he must have heard something and he came in and he splashed water on the dog and then I had to try to make my way out to the living room so I can get to the door. And I don't even know how I was able to move anything, open anything because my fingers were hanging off and I didn't realize that. I didn't realize any of this. I just saw a toddler and I wrapped around my arms I don't know how I did anything because I don't even know it was like adrenaline and then all I thought about was the fact that my son had just left to go back to school and he's on a plane going into Atlanta and here it is I'm here exactly Atlanta to get to Boston go figure and here and I'm like God he's been through too much please Lord please God no please please help me you know and then my husband had to lift me and I mean you know if you want to talk about love Love was seeing my husband carry me across to the car, put on the blinkers and drive the car to the hospital and get to the hospital and carry me in those doors and scream, help, I need help. My wife, my wife. And the lady at the front talking about, you need a sign in. My husband said, I need help. He went. The main doors to where you go to if you were going through emergency, like where they let you right. in, where you actually have to press in and security has to let you in. Mm-hmm. Doors. He kicked them and he kicked like, let me in. And the woman uh-uh. 
And then afterwards, the security guard came and he just pressed the button and let him through. Yeah. And he got doctors and the nurses and everybody stood up looking like, what in the world is going on here? Help me, help me. It's like, my wife, my wife. And he was like, sorry, it's no rooms. He's like, I don't care. Yeah, come see my wife. He's in an empty room right here. My husband laid me on the floor in the empty room because there was no bathroom. Mm. Afterwards, a woman came in and she says, are you okay, ma'am? He said, does she look okay to you? And he was like, are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? If you are not a doctor, then you need to get out of this room. Mm. Sir, I'm a doctor. And then I don't remember hardly anything else. All I remember is looking down at my partially amputated finger and saying, what are my fingers missing? Oh, wow. And then when I woke up, the first thing I thought about was my son. Oh, my God. He's, it was after midnight. It was after midnight and my son had already landed. And I was like, I got to call Jaquarian. And my husband was like, well, your sister's been talking to him on your phone the entire time. And he thinks it's you. <laughs> so, that good old sister. <laughs> so I, wow. But the thing is, I called my son and I was like, son, I said, I'm just letting you know. The dog attacked me. He's like, what are you I'm like, I don't, but I'm okay. Okay, well, you know, I'm okay. I'm in the hospital. I, he was like, oh my gosh, are you still? I said, but I'm good. God, is what I'm good, son. I'm fine. And then I, and then he said, so who was messaging me the entire time? I said, your auntie, he said, well, it was a little suspect because she was asking me all these questions and every five seconds she was messaging me. <laughs> Everybody's got to kick in. And so my sister knows that I'm overprotected. So she thought that during this period of travel, that every five seconds I'm messaging. <laughs> Where I just check in every couple of hours. <laughs> like, you really think that I'm that, like, overbearing over the scheme? Like, seriously? So what I want to share with you on that is, is the recovery period for me. So you have to bear in mind that I'm a person that I said earlier, can't keep still, likes to be on a move. All of a sudden, I couldn't do anything for myself. I couldn't mm. do at all. Nothing. Everything was wrapped up. I couldn't walk. All right? My foot was messed up. My husband had to bathe her. <laughs> He had to wipe me. Mm. I'm glad that medication clogged me up because Lord of mercy, I was like, <laughs> No, but seriously, I was like, oh my gosh. He I was like, oh my goodness. To really humble be humbled. Yeah. To be relying on somebody else, like and just be laying there. It was humiliating, it was frustrating. It wasn't a happy period. And then I had to be fair. Now, my sister enjoyed that part because she would go, where's the plane? And then I moved the plane from my mouth. So I, right. she was teasing me. And she was, no, I'm just joking. But, she was, <laughs> but it was like, I had to be reliant on everybody else. And it was like, God was like, Katrina, sometimes you just got to be still, man. Yeah. Like, slow your butt down. Like, keep still. Focus in. Like, don't, like, get all over the place. Calm your mm. And sometimes, like, I mean, and like I told you, I'm still kind of like that. But sometimes when we don't listen to some of the things that God is trying to tell us to do, sometimes he gives you the signs, you know, he'll show you, he will show you those signs. And sometimes the signs come at you and you're just like, okay, next. Yeah. 
because we're so caught up in what we want to do. And then he's like, okay, well, here. And right. Like, Maybe I'll do it tomorrow, next week. And then he's like, boom. Bam. And you have to listen. And what's interesting is if you didn't know about who you were married to, you found out, you really found out at that time. I tell him this all the time. I just didn't see him as that. And I don't mean in a bad way either. I mean, I think he's a beautiful man. He's, he's really like, he cares about so many people. You know, he's that person. But I just couldn't see him wiping my butt. Right. I, I'm sorry. Just, you know, like really like, that's a lot. It was a few things. God sat you down for a reason. And it was to show you that you have the support and all of those things that you need. If you just sit your butt down and allow exactly. it to happen. And if nothing else, it showed you who your husband was. It showed you who your mama was. It showed you your daddy. It showed you a lot of things. And you were supposed to sit and take all of those things in. So everything happens for a reason, as they say. And this is the thing that I was going to say to you. Like, in my life, it's where it's been there. It's where everything happens for a reason. It's crazy because a lot of people want to accomplish things in life, right? They put list of things that they want to do. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't work towards stuff. I'm not saying that at all, because I really believe you got to put in the work. You have to do hard work. But what I've been finding in my life is that alignment is key. And sometimes Mm -hmm. just things that God and people that God just aligns in my life. And it absolutely blows me away. Things happen, things that I didn't ask for. When I got Queen Certificate Badge of Honor, did I think in a million years that somebody was going to nominate me? No way. Who am I? I'm not worthy of that award. That's what, you know, the bougie folk that do it, that ain't for me. But then it was like, for real? And then like getting nominated for other awards and the most fascinating person of, I don't know, I think it was 2016. Like me? Like why? I don't see that in myself. But it's like, saying like you may not see that in yourself but you are my child and you are worth that and more mm. all of that you felt insecure in yourself because of what other people said no you are highly favored do not allow what someone else says or thinks about you define who you are i have called you for such a time as this and i'm finding this more and more in my life even when i took on the role of big brothers big sisters of bermuda managing director i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing I'm- <laughs> what that like I don't know I'm not afraid to say I don't know right but God but God you know and I know we're in a time where people may not necessarily believe and that's fine I know people are in on different journeys but all I can tell you is that my life has definitely been something that God has purposed yeah I can't attribute anything that I've done to myself I can't mm-hmm. Like, oh, I achieved and I did this. No, I didn't. Ooh, no, I didn't. During COVID, when charities are closing, big brothers, big sisters are still hurt. Ain't nothing to do with Katrina. It's only God. Yeah. You know, you know, in a time where marriages are breaking up, it ain't nothing to do with me because we could have been just like everybody else. It's only God. Mm-hmm. And then even at a time with my son, the amount of times that 
let me, Sherry, I'll share something else with you. Did you ever remember a few, like last year, there was a car that exploded by the station or close to the court area? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes. My son was taking his driver's test in that car. The car that blew up? He got out of it before it blew up, and he knew something was wrong and pulled over. He has a strong spirit of discernment. He has a strong spirit of discernment. I'm going to tell you. So it's so much that I could share with you guys. And I guess we're kind of getting to that point. It's so much that I could share. Mm. And a lot of times, like, I think God is now, it's funny when you call me to do this interview. You know, I don't, I don't really do interviews, as you probably already know. Yeah. God was like, no, this is the time that you're supposed to start sharing. Sharing your have something to say, letting people know what you've been through, let mm-hmm. people understand that what you go through doesn't define who you are. I mean, I tell you, every day I'm in pain with my hand, but I keep going. Every day, I don't know if you can see, but my scars, like back in the day, looking good and blah blah blah, was the thing. Like you can't, you know, I don't even care. A lot right. of times, what happened to you? Who is this my dog? It's like, I don't care. Yeah. It's not a time to care about what other people think. These things that we are and that mature part of life that we're in. Yes. It doesn't care about what others think. It only cares about what has been ordained on me, what's my purpose, and what it is that I'm supposed to give to other people. So within that, I want to know your happiness, empowerment, and development moving forward. My happiness, empowerment, and development moving forward. My happiness moving forward is just accepting who I am, for, who, me for me, you know? Yeah. And able to get in touch with nature and enjoy the simple things, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not about the things you buy. It's not about... It's really just about living life to the fullest, too. Like, recently, my husband and I have been on a boat. We've been outside swimming. Do you know how many women in Bermuda don't go swimming at all? Yeah, I do. Yeah, one a lot. No, I'm actually got a beach date coming up this weekend. (laughs) But, But let me tell you, it's like experiencing the island and the beauty of the island. People spend so much money there come here and we don't appreciate it to the fullest it's experiencing your family like yeah. having quality conversations putting down our social media at times and just connecting like a lot of people don't even make phone calls or everybody's sending whatsapps and this and that like connect with somebody like really connect I don't let up it's that connection we're losing so for me my happiness is those connections my happiness is just really just living in those moments like mm-hmm. Short, if, if, if COVID has shown us anything, right? Life is short, tomorrow is not promised, and we don't know we don't know what's gonna happen. Right. Enjoy our families, enjoy our time together. Now, you what was the other thing moving forward? Yes, empowerment. 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 So for me, how I empower myself mm-hmm. yes. is by empowering others. Mm. It's by being able to share. Like I really believe that. The only way that I'm really happy is yeah. somebody else mm-hmm. doing something for somebody else. It doesn't have to be in a public way where the whole world knows what I'm doing because there's a lot of stuff that people just don't know. It's right. not name. It's not to be known for it. If you know, you know, but you don't have right. to. 
is really to put your mark on there. Because when you make a difference in somebody's life, or you just share something, sometimes people just want to somebody listen to you. Mm-hmm. Like I have an older lady that just needs somebody just to sit there and listen, just be there. Sometimes somebody just wants a hug. It's simple stuff, you know, right. that we do for other people. It's not all the time that it's money. It's not all the time. It's, it's just be your presence, being there. And that's been a big thing for me. It's really, really making sure that I'm giving back. And for me, for Big Brothers, Big Sisters, it's been a big thing about like, how can I best service things? With everything that's happened with my family and my son and everybody else and what we see going on the island, it's really made me sit there and be like, I need to do more. We're right. not doing how can we improve? How can we work together? How can I network? How can all of us, because it's not about me, it's about all of us working together. And so many times we get in our silos, we're just like, this is mine and this is my charity or this is what I'm working on. But we're so much more powerful together. And I think that's the reason why, why God was kind of like uniting me with women as well, because mm. I also see the power in that unity as well, not just in the charitable world, not just in my family, but in every aspect of my life. But listen, maybe I'm a person that believes that you can never stop learning and you can never stop achieving. I haven't arrived. I don't know when, I'll, I don't know if you can even arrive. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. It's a different opportunity. So every aspect of my life, it's different. Who knows? I don't know how much longer I'll be at Big Brothers, Big Sisters. It might be in the next two years that there has to be a new executive director because I might've taken it to the point that I can take it and that next person has to take it to the next level so it's important for me right now to get it to where it needs to be for that next person to come in so the other part for me now is like looking at you because we're in that mature stage as you said yeah looking beyond that so I might have been the person behind the radio or behind the tv camera maybe last year but maybe I'll be the producer Maybe I'll be the mentor. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at all of those opportunities. And so that sounds like a development right there because you continue to develop in all areas of your life moving forward. You know what I mean? But Dole, it was a pleasure. Well, thank you for coming on and just sharing your happiness, empowerment, and development with our audience. And I really enjoyed talking to you ladies as well. So thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Giving Head, the podcast. And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Facebook for more information on this head episode. And as always, subscribe to the show to catch every new head episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you that good head. See you next time. Ciao for now. Bye.